season two of the JKR podcast powered by Black Cobra Sports. My name is Jay Shriglin and I'm the host. Let's dig into today's episode after a word from our sponsor. JKR Podcast. My name is Jay Shrigling and I'm the host. We got episode number three of four here this weekend. Two great episodes here so far this weekend as well already. Maybe expecting the same thing today. Just some great content overall. Uh, but we do have our first 2026 baseball prospect on the podcast today. Just recently committed to Arkansas for that 2026 class. First commit in his class for 2026. Um, that's going to be Spencer Browning on the podcast. Recently just got back from the 14U Perfect Game Select Fest where he absolutely dominated from what, what from talking to him earlier today. Um, so uh, really excited to dig into that. Kind of overall, we discuss his experiences at that Perfect Game Showcase. Uh, we dig into the Power Showcase as well. Talk about what it's like playing a different Major League Baseball stadiums he's played at texas he's played at tropicana field in tampa and at marlins park in miami also dig into his personal scouting report kind of what his hitting mechanics are as well uh playing shortstop second and outfield what the differences are between playing infield and outfield um just lots of stuff thrown at you today um some great content i bet you guys are all going to enjoy it um so let's dig into it Welcome back to the JKR podcast. Today we have Arkansas Sticks, shortstop, second baseman, and outfielder. Recent commit to the University of Arkansas for baseball for the 2026 class. We've got Spencer Browning on the podcast. Spencer, super pumped to get you on the show, man. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing good. I'm glad to be glad to be on here. Awesome. I'm glad to have you. Glad to have you be my first 2026 <laughs> podcast guest, man. It's crazy. Uh, me graduating in 2020, it's crazy seeing just 2026, 2025, all these all these years. It's crazy to see. But, no, just, uh, super pumped to get you on the show and be a part of this Arkansas Stick Series I got going on with Coach Brewster. So um, we'll just roll in today talking about your career. Um, but there's one question I kind of do like to ask everybody um, as they come on to the podcast. That way they kind of get used to talking to, um, just on the microphone. And that is, for those who don't know you, how would you introduce yourself who exactly is Spencer Browning? Ooh, uh, I'd say, you know, nice kid. Uh, I mean, I try to be the best player uh, or best person on and off the field and, uh, you know, try to meet everybody and get to know everybody. So that way, you know, they'll have fun playing with me and I can have fun playing with other people as well. Okay. So before we even dig into baseball, you are in the midst of football season right now, kind of the reason you didn't go down to Jupiter with the Arkansas Sticks this past week or so. Um, so playing Texas high school football, let's think of that just a little bit. Um, how's, how's the season going so far? You know, uh, we're, uh, we just lost, but I think we're going to come back from that, from that loss. We're going to go, um, you know, getting to play on Friday nights, you know, hopefully one day I'll be able to you know, get up there with them because it's a fun atmosphere to be around, you know, a lot of energy and, you know, I mean, still playing the JV is fun too because I get to play with all my, all my friends from, you know, my class. Um, and then now we're just, you know, I'm going to roll with the season and see where it goes. Yeah. So with you being a freshman, not on varsity at this moment in the season, like when you guys have home games or even away games, do, do the, does the JV still dress or do you guys just become fans at that point and kind of, go to the go to the varsity games as kind of fans 
Yeah, we're uh, we're basically the we're, we're basically fans at that point. Um, you know, we but we still love to go support them. And then like, you know, there's some people, you know, some freshmen that are on varsity right now. And then you know, for playoffs, there could be a lot of JV guys that can get moved up, and then we'll be able to dress out on Friday nights. But as of right now, we just kind of go as fans and you know support them. I was curious because I I'm, I'm from Indiana and I'm going to like a smaller school, so even when the freshmen sophomores who played JV like weren't playing varsity, like they still like the whole team still got the dress. So obviously yeah. with Texas being a little bit better than Indiana when it came to high school football, I was just a little curious. But uh, take us through even with you being a fan and getting to experience that Friday night lights um, from that side of things, seeing your teammates on the field. Take us through what that's like on a uh, Friday night um, in Texas for high school football. Ooh, uh, you get, I mean, we normally, there's some tailgating that goes on, uh, you know, that, that it's a big day at school, you know, all the, all the guys are talking about it. And then when you get there, you know, we have our little student section and it gets packed out and we have our, you know, seniors that lead it and we just get crunk and we get a hype and, you know, supporting them. And I mean, you can't even hear anything. We're just, we're so loud half the time. Yeah, I'm sure. But let's, let's move on to the baseball side of things. The reason we're talking to you today. Um, so think of the recruiting process, like I said, you recently committed to Arkansas for that class of 2026. Um, so let's dig into how the recruiting process got started for you. So when did when did some of these Division One teams start reaching out to you? Oh, uh, actually, we were just, you know, one weekend we were going to go to a, one of the Arkansas camps and just try to get get my name out there because we were going to go back the next week uh, for like so like this one was kind of just like a smaller camp trying to get known. And then the next week was going to be a bigger camp. And so the camp that I went to, you know, it's snowing outside in Fayetteville. So there's, we weren't on the field. We were, we were in the indoor and we just took, you know, BP and some ground balls. And um, I showed out really well in the hitting part and the, and, and the fielding and, you know, coach Van Horn and Nate Thompson, they were uh, talking to me, asking where my dad was and, you know, I went and talked to him. And then once I got finished, I got to go, meet with coach van horn in his office and talk to him for a little bit and then coach nate thompson and van horn they kind of toured me around the whole place and then you know offered me okay so take us through that conversation after you you go into his office kind of take us through that conversation obviously maybe not be able to say everything but uh, just take us through that conversation what that was like with coach van horn and what like what was going through your head because obviously you're what what at what point in the timeline is this? What you're like still eighth grade freshman? Yeah, I was this is January, so it was, you know, three months, four months into eighth grade. Okay, yeah. So you're an eighth grader, you're having a you're having a in-person conversation in the office of one of the best baseball coaches in the country. So obviously mm-hmm. take us through that conversation, what's going through your head. Ooh, I was I was sitting there, I was still kind of shocked because I was just like, I'm just surprised. I never would have thought this would happen. You know, he was kind of talking. It was it was more like money deal and all that stuff. And my dad was kind of handle it. And you know, and while my dad was kind of handling this stuff, I was just sitting there thinking, "This is crazy. Like, I can't believe this." You know. And then he's talking to me about you know all the stuff that goes on, all the guys, you know, like Robert Moore and and all the you know NIL stuff, all that. Um, and just like sitting there in his office, and he was showing us all the stuff, all the rings, trophies all that stuff because you know I mean it was pretty cool and then you could see how you, there's like those windows and he was just showing us outside and then he asked us if we wanted to go tour the place and so of course we said yes. Yeah. So with that tour so obviously the Arkansas sticks I know 
I mean, sorry, Arkansas Razorbacks, they put in like 30, $30 million into their facility just a couple of years ago mm-hmm. to where they're yeah. probably the best baseball facility in the country now. So what oh, what's yeah. that facility like? Like what are maybe some of the favorite things that you saw when you were on that uh, tour? I mean, their facilities are nice. You know, they they have a whole, you know, turf infield in the indoor where we're taking ground balls, you know, their batting cages, you know, they're like, seem like they're like 50 feet high that can come down retractable. It's pretty nice. And then like the, they took us through like the little hallway that you go down to get to the dugout and stuff. And that was like, really, it was like, it was like their high, it was like speakers and all that stuff. It was sick. Uh, and then like all the mud closets all that stuff their weight room is you know their weight room might be my favorite place it I mean I can tell you people get hyped up in there you know it's a nice place you know and then just the hallways and, and like their classroom you know it's all the seats and then just a big Arkansas with LED lights behind it yeah. it's really nice so after so after that day when you got that offer how long was it until you actually did commit to Arkansas well three or four days later okay so did you get that chance to talk to some other teams in college baseball or for the most part was it coach van horn and the razorbacks yeah it was for the most part it was van horn and the razorbacks okay so if you were if you were to wait you know just you know maybe a year maybe six months whatever it would have been what do you think would have been the key things that you would have been looking for if you got that chance to compare school versus other school if you know what i'm talking about i mean i would have done that but it was just Arkansas was just it's been my number one school from from day one and I was just you know I was just thinking I just got an offer from them and I'm just like this is where I want to go you know yeah so it's been it's been what eight nine months now that since you've committed so how's that relationship with the coaches there for the Razorbacks how has that evolved since you've committed there oh well you know like I'm I'm young, you know, so it's hard to talk to them because you know once like, you can't, like they can't talk to me yeah. because I'm I'm too young, and so I haven't really been able to talk to them too much, uh, but I still think you know I think they've been watching me a little bit and coming to the coming to some of the tournaments and I think I think it's going pretty good. Yeah. So I know what I mean. Obviously, when you hit September first of your junior year, it's a lot easier that way. But now, mm-hmm. like, isn't it where you have to kind of text them? They can't respond. They can kind of just give you a call. Or how? Yeah. What, what exactly are those little barriers? I think uh, yeah, I can text them. They can't respond. I can call them, and then they can call me back. That's about what I can do. Okay. So how often? How often are you talking to the coaching staff now at this point? With those barriers, kind of obviously being kind of tough to give them uh, to get in contact with them. I think I've talked to them maybe maybe once, once or twice. Okay. So be, so obviously when you committed there as an eighth grader, I'm going to go ahead and assume that you were the first guy in the 2026 class to commit to Arkansas. Am I, am I wrong or am I right? Uh, yes, sir. I was the first one. And then there was, there was somebody that just recently in the 2026, there's two 2026s, but I was the first one. Okay. Arkansas. So who's the, who's the other 2026 right now? Uh, his name is Lincoln Boyle out of Kansas. Okay. Do you have any sort of relationship with him at this point or do you, um, or have you not really talked to him much at all? Oh, yeah, I just got back from, you know, the Perfect Game Select Festival where, you know, it's the top 48 kids in the, in the class of 2026, and he was there. And so, you know, we, were, we thought it was pretty cool, two Arkansas guys. So we, we have a pretty good relationship now. 
Yeah. So with you, with you committed to Arkansas now so early in your career, you still have four years of high school baseball left, still three seasons of travel ball, and you're going to some of these perfect game events where you have a lot of guys who are uncommitted. Like, do you kind of use that as a way to, you know, potentially not recruit, but kind of like uh, kind of pitch Arkansas to maybe some of the friends you make at some of these tournaments and events? <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, I mean, there's a, a bunch of the guys that I was at this that this last event, you know, it's just a bunch of Florida guys, you know, Florida State, Florida, you know, and it's just me and my Arkansas buddy over here and we're woo pigging and nobody's going with us, you know, and it's like, well, y'all should go check it out one day. <laughs> <laughs> so but with you and the other Arkansas guy, you guys were on the same team then? Uh, yeah, we were on the same. Uh, it was like East and West. And yep. so we were we were both on the West team. Okay, so kind of where, like, where did where did that um, line kind of go from east to west? Like, where were some of the, like, where did that east kind of start off at and the west kind of end um, when you're looking at the USA map? Um, I would say that the east was more like, you know, Georgia, yeah, Missouri, like, uh, like up there, like New York, all them. Okay, so let's let's dig a little bit into your travel ball career. You kind of touched on it there with the Select Fest. But let's start out with the Arkansas Sticks. So how did you get connected with the Sticks, and how did you get connected with Coach Brewster? Uh, so a long time ago, you know, my dad was started off as a coach, and we were, you know, the Texarkana Rangers. And uh, and so we, we were like that for a little bit. And then we ended up transitioning to what used to be Southern Athletics, you know, and then Southern Athletics ended up, it ended up going into Sticks. So we were just, you know, we just kind of transferred, and we've been with Sticks for – a couple years now and uh you know my dad has a we have we have a good relationship with Brewster you know you built he built Brewster's house you know so uh, and I talk to him all the time uh over text and call and we're always joking around you know but it's been good and I can't wait to you know one day you know get to play on his team mm -hmm. and go to Jupiter like like they are right now so with Brewster being that 17 year coach like how is like how is his relationship with you and then even some of the other 25 and 26s um, in the Arkansas Sticks program. Like how, I mean, I mean, I assume it's so tough for him to be able to build relationships with everybody, but how does he, how does he go about it? I'm um, just building relationships with some of you younger guys. Oh, he, um, you know, he loves reaching out. He's a, he's a funny dude. Like he'll just, he'll reach out to you and he'll text you and he'll just be like, what's up, man. And like, you just, you know, you start talking to him and he's so easy to talk to, you know, and you love talking to him because, I mean, he just, he'll make you laugh. And, you know, getting, getting to play baseball for him, it's, it's fun, you know. I mean, not everybody will – if you don't have the best relationship with him, you know, I get, if you get around him, I promise you, you'll get to know him like that. It's easy. So now, so now that you've been able to play in that Arkansas Sticks program, what is it for one summer? Or I know you said Southern Athletics turns into Arkansas Sticks. So how long have you actually played in the Arkansas Sticks program? I'd say – Three years, four years. Okay. okay. So for with you kind of just being insider of the program, like what do you think's led to the success of the Arkansas Sticks program? I think it's the way that, you know, Brewster goes about it and recruiting and all that stuff and, you know, putting all, you know, like we just got done with, you know, Sticks Fall League where it's just a bunch of the Sticks players that'll go play, you know, a nine inning game, two nine inning games every single, every single weekend. You know, and it's just keeping his players, you know, good to go even during the time where not much baseball is going on and uh you know I just think he he does this really well and he, we have a really good coaching staff around him as well and that's what gets us to where we are now 
Yeah. So talking about that, the, the Arkansas sticks fall ball series, like how many for during the fall ball series, how many, how many weekends is that? And where are those uh, games generally located at? Oh, it was, it's, it's four weeks every, every Saturday. And there's two nine inning games every Saturday. And, uh, you know, there's, it's, it's all around, you know, different, you know, high schools, colleges, and there's like, there's like four teams or yeah, four teams at each location and there's about five locations. And, um, you know, we kind of just went at it for, for four weeks and then whoever in their pool at their place has the best record will move on to one place and they'll all come together. And then they have like this big championship, you know, it's kind of fun because they'll like do MVPs and, uh, you know, rings and all that stuff. So it's something to play for. Yeah. That's something cool. Like, I mean, I've talked about it with pretty much every guy I've had on from the Arkansas sticks that I just think, I believe, I believe Brewster's doing what, I mean, he's doing a hell of a job. He's built the Arkansas sticks to one of the, true legit pro like one of the top tier programs in the nation i mean that's another reason for that besides some of the other stuff that he's doing but um i had a con- I had, like it was like a two-hour conversation with brewster when he came on the podcast and that was that was something i wanted to dig into was the whole fall ball series and kind of how he's doing that where a lot of travel ball teams aren't but i mean once you start hitting two hours like i mean i kind of was like well I, I gotta i gotta end this off before people are gonna be uninterested in listening but no i was i was just curious about that um, but no, you, you talked about the perfect game select fest there a little bit. Um, so let's dig into that. Um, what, what, like, what, what did the average day look like for you there? And how, how long was that event for you? Ooh, the event, it was three days. Um, you know, once you get there, you know, they, they take care of you, you know, it's like you, they, they feed you, they, they bring you, you know, you ride a charter bus everywhere. Um, you get to eat dinner with them, stay with a roommate of one of the guys, um, and, uh, you know, we got there and the first day, you know, it was kind of, we just like had like a little dinner, you know, get to get, get together and, you know, to know everybody. And like, they did some like awards and stuff for like, so like there's like a national showcase that you have to go to and then you get selected from that to the select fest. And so they did like awards from the national showcase. Um, and then that, that was the end of that night. And then the next day, you know, we just we woke up early and went to a field and just kind of got some practice so we could get to know how how each other play. You know, because we've never I mean, I've never I've never met any of these kids before. Yeah. And, uh, and so we just, you know, get get together. And then after that, you know, we have like a little players lounge at the hotel. You know, we just chill, um, do whatever. Um, and then next day we went to the children's hospital and uh, we got to make some of their make some of the cancer patients you know make some of their days um you know played around with them for a couple hours and then uh just came back and chilled and then the, then the next day was the game and that's probably the most fun i've had in a long time getting to play with all those guys you I'm know sure. i'm sure so what did you for so going through those three days what did you learn most uh, you could be it could be on the field or even off the field just about yourself and, and, and your game uh, I learned that you know I can play with some of these guys you know like you know I, I always look at I used to find some of these dudes like look them up and you'll see them all over social media and you know you just think wow these guys are like big time like they're way above me and but when you get there you know it kind of gave me some confidence because I was like well I can play with these dudes you know like we're about on the same skill level, you know, and I started feeling good. And then I played really well in the game, went two for three, only guy with two hits. So 
So during that pre-game select fest, who was the who was the toughest guy to face um, off the mound for that team East? Who I'd say probably there's a kid. His name's Julian Pitts. Um, about ninety miles an hour at fourteen. With with the arm side run going into you, I ended up getting a hit off of him though. But that dude was definitely chunking. <laughs> so, for, so for fourteen U Select Fest, when guys are going into their freshman year, like how many of those guys were generally like how many of those guys were committed? Like was there a good amount, or a lot of these guys uncommitted? I'd say there was about there was about forty. Uh, I think there's about forty three kids, and I'd say around thirty of them were committed. Okay. Yeah. See, I mean, it's, it's it, like I said earlier, like it's crazy to see oh, a class of 2026 committed to Arkansas TCU or, or whatever mm-hmm. it happens. It's, it's cool yeah. to see. Um, but when you were going to the, the perfect game national event before you actually selected to the select fest, was that at Tropicana field like it is for the seniors as well? Or, or, or no. 2023? It was in West Palm beach at, at some of the Astros and national spring training sites. You know, so we could get a bunch of fields because there was like, I would say there's around, you know, 350 kids there. Okay. 400 kids. And so they had to spread us all out. And they were really nice fields, though, some of the best spring training facilities out there. So how how long was that turnaround from when you went through that perfect game national to um, finding out that you were selected to the Select Fest? Um, so after the Select Fest, about – or after the showcase about, you know, let's say about a day later, they'll call, they'll call who they, who they want in it. And so I remember sitting in the hotel lobby and uh, we were just on our phones waiting for my dad, you know, cause he said he had to take a phone call and he comes back with a smile on his face and he's like, you made it. I was like, I was shocked. I was like, Oh my goodness. You know, we were just sitting there and we, I mean, he called my mom. We were just talking the whole time, and it was it was it was it was a really good moment. So, what goes through your mind when you find out? Oh shoot! Like I'm I'm invited to go play with some of the best players in the country. I mean, including yourself being one of those best players. But when your dad tells yeah. you, what goes what goes through your mind? The whole time I was trying to keep in my mind, I was like, you know, you did your best. If you don't make it, you know, it's. It, I mean, at least you played good, you know. And so I was, I was trying to keep a good mindset if I didn't make it. And then when he, when he told me that I made it, it was like, uh, <laughs> I just kind of stared at him. I didn't know what to say. I was like, I was in shock. Like, wow. <laughs> so when, when Perfect Game is doing the national showcase, uh, what, are, what are some different, like, just take us through just what one day is when they're kind of going through your skill set. Um, just how, how, do, how does Perfect Game go about running some of those um, events from the side of things? Uh, so like the first day is like there is like the showcase day where you get to showcase your stuff. Uh, so we like run the 60 first and then we'll do, you know, infield velo uh, and, and ground balls and stuff. And then we'll do outfield velo from the outfield. Um, and then we'll take BP on the on the big field. And then uh, they'll do like a little hit tracks or not hit tracks, but like I don't know what you call it. They like put all these sensors in your gloves and around your belt and around your back. And they see, you know, the motion of how you hit off the tee and then they take your exit velo with a wood bat off the tee. And so, and that you just kind of want to rear back and, you know, just try to hit it as hard as you can. Yeah. So if you were to compare, so obviously you got to play in that perfect game select fest. Another really cool thing you got to do was that power showcase 
Um, mm-hmm. I, saw, I saw you post about, got to play at Marlins Park, got to play at Tropicana Field as well. Um, yeah. So if you could compare those two events, kind of take us through what that power showcase was as well. Oh, the power showcase was fun. You know, uh, I had never played on, you know, major league stadiums like that. I've played on three now, but at this time I hadn't, I had never played on one. So, you know, you get there and you're just taking pictures, looking around, like, I mean, this, it's so cool, you know, just to be thinking that you're in the same batter's box that Mike Trapp could have been in, you know. Um, so you just kind of want to make the best of that. And then, like, like once again, I didn't know any of these kids. All these, I mean, there's kids from, you know, Korea, you know, Dominican Republic, all that. And so you just kind of try and make friends with them uh, so you can play with them. They kind of do the same thing as the perfect game, you know, the first day, like a little scout day. You just – like do velo hit all that stuff and then the game you know i think it's a i think it's a 12 inning game and it's it's a long time but it's it's a bunch of fun and like in the marlins one we ended up coming out on top like 12 to 11 and walking it off in the last inning so it was was really fun yeah was there was there a home run derby to that as well because i thought oh yeah 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 there was I forgot about that. There was also yeah. There's also a home run derby. The one in Tropicana was like a team thing. It was like a okay. tournament with like four teams. So we played four games, um, and we got to play like live action every single day. Um, and then like the Marlins Park was uh, you know it was a home run derby, and then we played a game. And so the home run derby was cool because like you know our class, you know watching our class was cool. We were young at the time. Um, but like when you get to stay and you get to watch, you know, the seniors and juniors, you know, like uh, Vlad Guerrero's little brother was there, you know, and he was just hitting nukes and it was just fun to watch. <laughs> so when when you're playing, you, play, you played at Tropicana Field and Marlins Park for that power showcase. So are those like what, back to back days or how how do they do that? Is it like a week apart? Oh, actually, I'm pretty sure. They were no, they were a couple months apart. Um, okay. I think. Okay, and they yeah. basically had the same rosters to each team. I'm gonna go ahead and assume. Uh, so like the Marlins one was just random kids, just a bunch okay. of random kids put together on on one roster, and um, and it made two teams and a bunch of just random kids. And then the Tropicana one was, it was coaches that made the teams of like kids from around their area and stuff or whoever they want to bring in and make its team, and then they and then they. We okay. played each other. So you played so, on, like, so you played on Tropicana Field and then Marlins Park, Lone Depot Park, whatever you want to call it. And then you said you played on a third field. So what was that third field? And then out of these three major league ballparks that you've gotten the chance to uh, be a part be a part of and go play on, what do you what was your favorite? Uh, I got to play at uh, the new Globe Life Field, Ranger Stadium. Uh, and I'm gonna have to say that's probably gonna be my favorite stadium to play in. You know, just because, I mean, it just looks – it looks really new. You know, it's like – I don't know. It's just like when you hit it in there, like it feels like the ball just flies. Mm-hmm. All the lights and stuff, all the stuff that they got up. I mean, great field. I think that's my favorite out of the three. Okay. Yeah, I, I took a – I actually took a tour of Glove Lake Field or Glove Lake Park, whatever it is. And, yeah, that's definitely, definitely my favorite ballpark, just seeing mm-hmm. uh, just the whole inside of it, the architecture of it. And just the way everything, uh, like you said, everything plays. So that's it's definitely a cool stadium. And I mean, and it's in Texas for you, you know, home, home, yeah. hometown <laughs> stadium. Um, but when so with you doing all these pretty cool events, going through playing for the Arkansas Sticks and the pretty competitive summer circuit, who would you say has been the toughest pitcher for you to face? 
in like the fall league or in like or the, no in just your entire career just your entire career so in general so far um i'm gonna have to say the same kid i said earlier that's probably the toughest kid i've ever faced yeah well at I mean, my age yeah when i mean when you're at an event facing the top the top 48 players in the country i mean that's i guess that's a pretty pretty good answer but um, now, so now, now that you're in the you're in the fall of your freshman year, you're going to be playing your first high school baseball season this upcoming spring. Um, what's what's the outlook on this upcoming spring up, uh, down there in Texarkana? Ooh, I'm I'm so ready for high school baseball. You know, I'm getting to play. Uh, we have two kids. You know, on on this team, I'm hoping to you know during tryouts. You know, I'm hoping to make varsity, of course. Um, and if I do, you know, we're, I'm getting to play with, you know, two of my friends who are older, but, you know, one of them, his name is Brenton Clark, uh, also committed to Arkansas. And then J.M. Long committed to Texas Tech. You know, they're both probably some of the best baseball players, you know, to come through PG. And, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm so ready to get to play with them. And, uh, you know, our head coach, Riley Fincher, you know, I get to see him every single day. And so I'm just, I'm just ready for this uh, high school season because I think it's going to be fun. Yeah. So how does how does that generally look for a top prospect like yourself who is a freshman in Texas? Do those top prospects usually make um, the varsity team, or are you guys still made possibly even playing JV as as freshmen? No, I'd say uh, you know I'd say I, I mean I'd say I have a pretty good shot at making varsity. You know, I I mean for me it would definitely be easier to make varsity baseball than something like football or or basketball or something like that. But uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, we had, uh, you know, that Brenton Clark, uh, he played as a freshman and I think they won state that year. So, you know, that's what I'm hoping to be able to do. Okay, so uh, so, so Pleasant Grove is a pretty big uh, baseball powerhouse down there in Texas. Mm-hmm, sure are. Yeah, so um, on, a, on a non-baseball side of things, how are, how are you adjusting to the high school life now that you've been there for a little bit more than two months? Uh, I'll say it's much better than middle school, much more freedom. Uh, I think classes are more fun. You know, I wake up every morning, uh, you know, to like go to treatment and stuff, you know, just cause, you know, I love hanging out with, you know, the medical staff. Yeah. You know, cause I, I mean, I'm in there a lot, so I get, I have good relationships with all of them. So I just, you know, go hang out and then, you know, all the coaches, you know, they all got my back and stuff, and uh, I love I love my my schedule, my classes, all that. You know, high school's going really well right now. Yeah. So, do, with you being on the JV football team, are you do you still get that opportunity to have one class period a day where you're training for football, or is that just for varsity? So we have mornings. So like on Mondays, we'll do like morning lift and uh, we'll like wake up at. I mean, we have to be there by seven fifteen, and we'll lift. And then six period is when we have athletics. So we'll go out there with no pads and then just, you know, run plays, uh, get to do defense, all that stuff. And then right after school, we'll run down to our locker room and put pads on and get dressed. And we'll, you know, go hit and and run one more plays for, you know, the next two hours. And so that's about when we practice. Yeah, this this past this past March or this past April and May. I was interviewed a couple guys from Texas and they were telling me, yeah, like we get to, we get to have one class period a day where we're, while other kids are in actual class, like we get to go and we get to go practice. And that, yeah, that, that just proved to me how, how uh, different Texas is when it comes to just high school athletics in general. So 
that's yeah. always, that's something cool. But uh, digging on to your actual on-the-field play. So you're listed as a shortstop, second baseman, and an outfielder on the Perfect Game website. So I kind of want to know, go, go through your head, like what's your plan for the future? Like what's maybe your favorite position and the position that you'd like to uh, kind of focus on as you go into your high school career? You know, I'd say right now, you know, of course, I want to play shortstop as much just because it's probably the most fun position in the field. But, you know, with my speed and my, my tracking abilities, you know, I feel like as, as I get older, you know, I might turn into an outfielder. Um, but for right now, like, you know, my, I've been practicing shortstop, you know, all my life. I've been a shortstop all my life. I've also been fast, you know. And so, like, this past year, you know, I, I started playing outfield a little bit and did really well out there. And so, you know, I've had a lot of coaches, you know, come up to me and tell me, you know, hey, you're going to play shortstop. But, you know, when you get when you get like you know, junior, senior, you might end up as an outfielder or go to college as an outfielder. So we'll just see where it goes, I guess. So how would you compare your mental approach when you're when they have you starting the game at shortstop compared to when they, they stick you out there in the outfield for a couple of games? Shortstop, you know, I'm just trying to be, you know, ready for every play, you know, talking, especially, you know, at short, you got to talk a lot, uh, trying to keep everybody engaged and stuff and paying attention to the game, you know, taking ground balls in between innings and getting my throws down. And then in the outfield, you know, if I'm playing center, you know, of course, I'm going to talk to both of my guys and, and right and left and, uh, you know, throw with them a little bit and kind of just, you know, stay ready. You know, you never want to fall asleep out there because you never know when the ball will get hit. Yeah. So, so flipping around to the other side of the defensive side of things, I mean, sorry for the off from the defensive side to offensive side of things. Uh, when you're when you're going up to the box, like what's going through your head? Like, kind of what's your hitting approach um, compared to uh, when you're walking up to the box from on deck circle? Uh, yeah, I like to be aggressive uh, on an OO count. You know, if I know that this dude's you know throwing heat, if he's throwing heat, he's going to try and gas me up with a fastball. Uh, just because he wants to show off his, his speed to the radar gun. And so, I mean, first pitch, if I see that thing right down the middle, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna take a hard hard hack at it and try and hit it as hard as I can. Um, if that doesn't work out, you know, once I get a strike on me, um, you know, I kind of just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking I'm looking fastball and then reacting off speed, any, anything outside. And if you try to send me something outside, try to hit it hard the other way. Uh, but, like, you know, three O count, three one count, O count. Those are my counts that I try to you know swing as hard as I can, see if I can hit a bomb, and then you know O one, O two, you know one two. You know, those are my kind of you know take it down a little bit, choke up, and and just try and get a base hit right here. Yeah. So if you had to dig through the mechanics of your swing, just kind of how your swing works from uh, motion to motion, how how would you describe that? Ooh, I start. Uh, I start kind of uh, wide base, uh, front foot's back just a little bit so I don't overstep when I when I load. Um, hands are kind of back a little bit lower below my shoulder, and I kind of just I kind of just barely move it just a little bit. Uh, I, I try to stay quiet so that way I can I'm paying attention, and then you know I use my really fast twitchy hands. You know, I'll load, and then I'll try to let the ball get deep and just try to explode on it with my hands at the last second and. That's just that's just how I work. And then curveball, you know, if I see it, if I see it in the air, you know, I'll keep my hands back. And as soon as I land, as soon as it gets right in the spot where I want to hit it, you know, then I'll just explode on it from there. Yeah. So from from playing in the infield for shortstop second, playing in the outfield, and just um, hitting in general, 
if you had to uh, if you had to work on some of the, like maybe your biggest weaknesses before heading to Arkansas's campus here in a couple of years, what what would those couple things be? Uh, I kind of want to work on you know. I just, you know, recently went to a showcase and hit 88 from the infield. And so that's how I know I have the juice in my arm and stuff. But I just – I kind of need to work on using my legs just a little bit more if I do want to stick it as short. Because, like, 88 is fast, you know, but I feel like, you know, if I learn how to – like pitching, you know, I don't throw very hard off the mound just because, you know, my mechanics and stuff. I just I, – I'm trying to get stronger in my legs so that way I can push off from the outfield or the infield, you know, and also be able to, you know – use my power in my legs, you know, hit, cause like, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to say I'm a home run hitter, you know, but when I get older, you know, I'd be, I want to be able to hit, you know, 10 or 10 or 11, you know, plus home runs every year, you know? Yeah. So you dig in there a little bit, a little bit about your power, but if you were a scout watching your game, so in the batter's box and on the out and, and in the field, what would be your personal scouting report on yourself? If you had to write your own scouting report. Oh, I'm a, I'm going to try and be a talkative, you know, people try to get me to shut up um, kind of guy, uh, try to be funny, you know, not like funny, like during the game, but just like in the, in the, in the dugout, you know, being a good, having good energy, you know, giving good energy, talking a bunch, you know, and then just getting up to the plate and just having a bunch of confidence, looking smooth uh, and trying not to, you know, you know, if I strike out, try to walk back to the dugout, uh, not, looking down or anything, you know, just head high, you know, take my batting gloves off and get back to the dugout, start cheering on my teammates again. So, so far in your career, getting the chance to obviously play for the Arkansas Sticks with all the great coaches they have, playing at the Perfect Game Select Fest Power Showcase, playing for your dad. Um, who do you think would be some of the most influential people that you've had in your baseball career so far? Uh, of course, I'm going to say my dad. Um, you know, my strength trainer, his name's Lucas Walker. Uh, hitting coach I've had I've had multiple hitting coaches you know Cedric Harris um, uh, uh, my pitching coach you know Dave Welch all them guys uh, you know they've really helped me uh, on my way you know to get especially to get where I am today uh, you know I thank them a lot you know my dad works with me, with me every single day you know like we just got done you know hitting and stuff you know he's just trying to sharpen me up um, you know, and then I, I go work out, you know, like four times a week, you know, with Lucas Walker, you know, and he's helped me get stronger, get bigger, so I can use it on the baseball field. And then, you know, I go hit with, you know, Cedric Harris a little bit. Uh, you know, he's he was he was a former MLB player with the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks, went to LSU uh, for college, and so he knows what he's talking about. And so I'd say those are the biggest guys in my life. I've, I've heard Cedric Harris's name quite a bit, especially with some of the Arkansas Sticks guys I interviewed. So how did you get connected with Cedric? And then again, how did you get connected with Lucas Waka as well? Well, I got connected with Lucas Waka because uh, he used to be one of the coaches in our school. Um, and then he ended up quitting to go build uh, his his gym because his brother is, uh, you know, Michael Waka for the uh, Boston Red Sox. And uh, – so he was going to help out and, you know, build, build this facility. And so now he owns a building called Walker Resolutions. You know, it's a gym and he's up there every single day. So, you know, she's going to go work with him because we have a good relationship. And then uh, Cedric, you know, I've known him for, I'd say about four, four years now, five years. And it's just, 
ever since I started going to him, you know, my swing's just gotten better and better. And so I just want to keep adding on to that. And he's one of the best guys I know, you know, he'll call me, you know, whenever he wants to check in on me, you know, I just got, I just got off of a, a concussion, you know, I still kind of have it, you know, it just kind of happened. And so uh, I still have a little bit of a headache, you know, and he's checking in on me, you know, and, and it's just, he's a blessing to have, of course. So get, so getting to work out with Lucas Walker quite a bit, you said four times a week, what are some of the different workouts he's putting you through at this point, uh, just with it being fall ball with the, uh, in the fall season, kind of baseball seasons coming to a close. I'm going to take a couple months off. So just what are some of those uh, workouts he's putting you through? It's uh, so like off season type stuff, you know, it's like heavyweight, you know, we're trying to get big and then like in season stuff, it's more explosive, you know, trying to, trying to get explosive, like on the base pass and in your legs and when you're swinging and, and upper body on stuff. So it's more, I mean, if we're going to go heavyweight, it's going to be more on the legs, you know, not, not too much benching. You don't want to hurt it too bad. Uh, just a bunch of explosive stuff like agility drills on the turf and all that stuff so have you had the chance to meet his brother michael at all oh yeah i have a couple autograph jerseys and balls um you know i I don't say i have like a relationship with him just because he's always gone but i've definitely seen him and met him a couple times okay so when you meet guys like obviously michael walker who's playing the majors you said cedric harris played for the arizona diamondbacks in their organization when you're around guys like that who have who I mean have been successful in this industry and done on to do pretty have pretty well careers, uh, like how how do you go about picking their brain and just uh, what are some of the different questions you like to ask some of those guys? Uh, well, I definitely want to ask you know how it was in college, uh, you know, because you know right now I'm I'm in the str- like I honestly don't know like if I if I was to get drafted at some point like out of high school you know go to college you know or go to the, go to the major or, uh, you know, go to pro ball, uh, kind of just like ask him that, you know, I definitely ask him on how their swing was back then and how, you know, how they hit and how, you know, I can replicate that because they, it definitely worked for them if they made it at a high level. Uh, and then I just like to, you know, ask, ask fun questions, you know, like how it is in the clubhouse and like getting to know all those guys and how it is playing at that big of a stage, you know? Yeah. All right, man. Well, I've got a couple more questions here before we do end it off. And like I said, I kind of like to end it off talking about some off the field stuff, just, just to get away from baseball just a little bit. So when you're not playing baseball, what do you think would be some of your passions you like to have that are beyond the baseball field? You know, I like to hang out with my friends uh, a lot. You know, we'll, we, uh, we go up to the school a bunch, you know, work out all that, you know, we go practice, we'll go practice football since it's in football season, you know, we'll go fishing all that stuff, you know, we'll just hang out, stay the night at each other's houses, you know, get some Fortnite going. Uh, it's just some, some fun stuff we get to do. And, uh, I mean, I wouldn't say, like, I'm a golfer, but we we got to go golf a little bit, and it's, it's pretty fun. <laughs> so, be, so being in tech, tech – is it Texarkana? Is that how I pronounce it? Texarkana. Texarkana. Okay. So how big is Texarkana? Um, and are there a lot of things to do besides golfing and fishing and hunting um, in that in that town? I mean, it's a small it's a small town. No, there's not there's not that much to do, um, you know. But it's a small. I mean, we just kind of hang out a bunch. Uh, there is hunting, fishing. You know, a couple of baseball fields around here. We'll go, you know, hitting and, and just much stuff like that. We're good. There's some good restaurants down here, though. 
Yeah. What's what's your favorite? If you have to give a shout out to one of your your favorite restaurants in your hometown, what would that be? Mm, I'm gonna say I'm gonna go Mexican. Uh, Zapata. It's called Zapatas. Okay. I guess if I mean, in the off chance I ever have to make it down to Texarkana, I guess I'm gonna have to go check that out. But uh, mm-hmm. what? One last question here for you, man. Um, so obviously you talked about it there a little bit on your coach with coach, uh, your your conversation with Coach Fanhorn, um, where he talked a little bit about NIL and kind of what what that is. Um, so with NIL being a new thing for college athletes and you getting that chance to potentially um, use your name, image, and likeness to make a little bit of cash when you're in college. What would be one dream brand that you would love to endorse one day? I'm gonna say Nike. Okay. I feel like I feel like like it's such a like I don't know. I feel like when when people you know you ever get the chance to endorse with that, you're gonna be making lots of money. I know that. <laughs> so okay, so Nike is a pretty popular answer. So I'm gonna I might have to reword this question. So if I had to take Nike and maybe Adidas and those big companies off the table. Would there be any like other brand that you would like to work with? Give me Raising Cane's chicken fingers. Okay, I mean Raising Cane's is pretty pretty good. So I mean that's that's a pretty uh-huh. solid answer as well. But I love that place. Yeah, man. Well, that's that's all the questions I got for you here today. I really appreciate you coming on the show. I want to wish you the best of luck here this the, the rest of this football season. Hopefully, you get to make varsity going into going into the state the state championship run. Uh, good luck next spring as as you uh, try out. Hopefully, making varsity as a freshman. Um, and just the rest of your career. So I'll definitely be following you. Uh, hopefully you go out there, win a college world series in Fayetteville or something like that, but I uh, just wish you the best of luck and really appreciate you coming on the show. Yes, sir. Thank you very much for having me. And that's going to do it for another episode of the JKR podcast, episode number three of four here this weekend. But man, just crazy to see that wording, 2026. I mean, just it boggles my mind that there's people from the class of 2026 committing to schools like Arkansas, TCU, among others within the Power Five programs as well. But uh, just three great, three great episodes here so far this weekend. Be expecting the same thing tomorrow. Um, 2024, Gideon Motes on the podcast. Um, another Arkansas Razorback commit. Um, so you guys are really going to enjoy that one as well. Um, but we got another great week coming up next week. Got four great episodes again. Um, that's going to start off with Trey Owen, Ole Miss 2023 commit. Um, just got done with Jupiter, had a great showing there. Um, the, the second guy next weekend is going to be Lance Davis, 2024 commit to Arkansas. Then 2023 Oklahoma State commit, Charlie Carter joins the show as well next week. And then to round it off, we got Mark Brizzy, another Arkansas guy um, for the class of 2025 this time. But for any more updates on the podcast, go check out our social media. Check out our website. The social media is going to be at JKR underscore podcast on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Um, and then our website is going to be www.jkrpodcast.com. So check those out. Give us a follow. Hit the subscribe button. And I'll catch you guys tomorrow.